This is the Senior Living Truth Series podcast, where we have candid conversations about complex issues facing today's mature adults. No sales pitch, only the truth. I'm Dr. Nikki Buckaloo. Welcome to the show. The truth about your aging brain. How many of you came to that one? You remember that Dr. Smith and some of the other clinicians and folks in healthcare and brain health, brain science, said that new connections are made when you do new things, yes? Yes. And that helps keep us sharp and ideally young. I don't know about young, but sharp, because not all young people are sharp, right? So sharp is what we're shooting for. So doing something new while not easy is good for us, is what they tell me, right? And I've been telling myself that all morning as we're starting out this new year in our new venue. Welcome, you guys. Come down here and check in for me. You're fine. You know, lost is a good thing because, like I said, new connections, right? Brain power. When you do the same thing over and over and over again every day, you're not making any new connections. So, speaking of new connections, my name is Nikki Buckaloo. And I'll be your moderator today. How many of you are new in the room, never been to one of our Truth Series before? Excellent. Welcome. Give them a hand, all you old-timers in the room. All right. We've got a bunch of regular folks. And so if you ever come in and take one of their seats, they'll be kind to you, won't you? Yes, you will. Just like church, if somebody's sitting in your seat, give them a hug and then get there earlier next time. All right. So I have a couple of uh, housekeeping announcements and then we'll definitely dive right in because we've got a full panel today with our uh, senior living community folks here. So first housekeeping announcement is about parking. So many of you said thank you, we saw the signs and you parked in that center parking lot and were able to come right in on the ramp, right? Perfect. Ideally, that's what you should do. Now we're wondering if that parking lot might fill up. Okay, yep. So if it does, there's another parking lot adjacent to the west and you can come in, uh, you can walk up the path there or you can come in the door down below, there's an elevator, and what it does is, you saw those people come in over here, that's what happens, is you come in the elevator and you come through the restaurant, it's kind of hard to do. So the other parking lot, you have to use those stairs. So depending on your physical ability, if you want to use the stairs, you can use the east parking lot. If you want to use the elevator, you can use the far west entrance. And if you really want to use the ramp, you'll get here early enough to get a parking spot in the center of the uh, parking lot. Sponsors, let me get sponsors of yours real quick. Sponsors, let me get your attention. Jeffrey? (laughs) Uh, Our sponsors are all going to park on a far, in the far parking lot so that they free up space for you guys, which they did today. So just to remind the sponsors. Yes, thank you. Get a sponsor. Okay. And there are about a handful of um, handicapped parking spots right up front. If you are someone who really needs a handicapped parking space, park there. If you're someone who has a tag because you had knee surgery 10 years ago, 
but you can still walk pretty well and don't need that space, pass on it, okay? And let somebody have it that really needs it for purposes of our uh, events. Is that fair? Is that good for parking? Okay, so it's just kind of common courtesy thing. Uh, the other thing is uh, bathrooms and exits and stuff. So when you go out this door uh, to your immediate right, there's a ladies' room, and across the hall there's a men's room. And the restaurant and things like that is over here. How many of you are members of this club, uh, social or golf members? Anybody? Raise your hand. One? Great. We're going to need your um, member number because we're all going to go to lunch afterward. And so just be sure and write that down on your email for me. All right? All right. Good deal. Charge um, you know, um, there's a few buckaloos that are members out here, so if you can guess which member number a buckaloo has, feel free to have lunch on us. But we've warned them so they know that there could be imposters. All right. Um, so the other housekeeping is really more of an appreciation, and that is that new year, new venue, new sponsors. And we have an amazing group of sponsors, many returning sponsors, a few that didn't uh, come back to to sponsor again, but not for any reason other than just changing in priorities or finances and things like that. But I want to welcome some of our newest sponsors uh, in the room. I'm going to borrow your handout right here since I, oh no, you're brand new, so let me borrow somebody who's not brand new. That way you can follow along. Is that okay with you? All right. Okay, so I want to make sure that we recognize uh, one of our new sponsors, Philip Suarez with Edward Jones. Let's give him a hand. Jennifer Wright, who is an attorney within the uh, retirement planning section with Ball Morrison Lowe. Jennifer. We want to make sure that uh, we welcome back a sponsor that has been a sponsor previously but wasn't last year, and that's Lionwood Senior Living. The Fountains at Canterbury joined us this year. We're so excited. They'll be on the panel today. Uh, we also have a new home care company that joined us this year, Synergy Home Care. That's Jeff back there I was getting on to. You guys will like him. He's, uh, he's got broad shoulders. You can really give him a hard time. Um, and we also have Director's Life Assurance, Linda Sargent and her team back there. And Linda was on one of our panels last year, and uh, we asked them to come aboard. Did I get everybody that was new? Did I miss anybody? I think I got everybody. And then our returning sponsors, guys, you have a list of those folks at your table. And uh, there are phone numbers there and contact names. And we, you know, we really work hard to find sponsors who are education-based and who really want to be a resource. And so at any point in time, you have a question about a topic that falls in their subject matter, just call them up. And just say, hey, I was at the Senior Living Truth Series, and I know you're one of the sponsors, and I have this question. And they'll make sure to treat you right, or they'll direct you in the right direction to someone who can answer the question if they cannot. Okay? Um, any other housekeeping that I may have missed? Anybody want to remind me of any housekeeping? Cell phones? Yeah, if you got a cell phone, go ahead and silence it. It doesn't bother me, but it bothers the heck out of your neighbor. All right. Okay, so la I guess this is the last thing, tables. The tables are first come, first serve. 
Um, and some of you know that, and that's why you got here early and you said, I want in the door so I can get it. Um, if we get full, if we get more people that are coming, which we anticipate we will as the weather's nicer, we may not have cables always. So go ahead and everybody go, ah, okay, right, it's what it is. And as you can tell, this room is kind of interesting the way it's set up. I'll just apologize in advance for any snafus today and ask for a little grace because it is a new venue. So if we screw up, just say, you know what, it's a new venue. We'll give them another shot next month and write it on the eval so we can fix it. And then we'll move on down the road. Sound good? Okay. So let's talk about our topic and then I'm going to bring our panelists up. So our panelists today are senior living community uh, reps from uh, five of our communities. We actually have another community that's not going to be on the panel today, um, just due to numbers, but um, we've got Sharita back here with Hefner Mansions, also an independent living community, and she's going to be here to answer questions too, but she's going to do that from the sponsor table. And so these five ladies, uh, many of you have been to our seminars before and you've heard them speak and they're so knowledgeable and they really have a passion for making sure people understand what these communities have to offer and what they don't. Now, let me just say that I want to just take, I want to take a quick survey. So this is audience participation before I bring them up. What, what are the biggest, mm, let's call them myths, that you think are out there about senior living? Or what are some of the misconceptions you think people might have or that you might have about senior living? Do you know any? You can't afford it. You can't afford it. Bill, you just moved last year to Concordia and the, your big question mark was, I didn't even know what it was gonna cost, right? Until you started doing your homework, right? And a lot of people don't, don't know that. What was yours? You go there to die. Okay, so I'm just going to put this out on the table. Yeah, before our panelists come up, because there are some things I'll say that I don't want our panelists to have to say. So I did this, this focus group, and it was such a fun day with uh, Concordia Life Care Community had their board and their marketing team, and I was privileged enough to get to moderate a discussion. And their marketing team was there, and some of their board members, and some of their marketing staff. And <clears throat> I wrote on the flip chart, People move to Concordia to, and then I put a blank, fill in the blank. And the room was quiet. There was about 15 people in the room. It was quiet and nobody said anything until Clyde, one of their longtime residents and, and, a, and a big cheerleader for Concordia, said, to die. People move to Concordia to die. And I said, well, Claude, I can't sell that. <laughs> I just can't. So we're going to have to come up with a different word. And he said, Nikki, he said, if we dance around the topic and we don't talk about the elephant in the room, we are missing the boat. Now, how old is Clyde, Julie, you think? 80s? And he's lived there how long? Nine or ten years, I think? Yeah. And what I appreciate about what he said and the, the conversation that ensued after that was, he's right. People do move to anywhere to die, right? Some of you have bought your third forever home that you plan to die in. I Believe me, as a real estate agent, I've met lots of people who have, they're in their third forever home. And then they move to their next forever home. And at some point, you really do have a forever home, wherever that is. 
And so today what we want to talk about is the mindset around where you're going to live towards the end of your life and why you might move there and what the pros and cons are. And nobody here is going to try to make you do anything you don't want to do. So if you don't want to move to a community, don't. If you're thinking it might be a good place to live after today, then you have to do your homework, right, Bill? And go see what works and what doesn't. Because I think you're going to be enlightened a little bit today about what you've heard, what you'll hear about communities. Now, let me just dispel a few myths. One, there are going to be a lot of you that say it's way too damn expensive. I'm not paying that much. Forget it. You may have the money. It's not about having the money. It's about it being too much. So if you walked in the room trying to validate that, you will. Everybody will validate whatever they came in the room with today unless they open their mind to hear something different. Is that a fair statement? Yeah? So how many of you have an open mind today? Good. Turn to your neighbor. Panelists, come on up. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to keep an open mind today. Turn your mics on for me, that way we don't forget. All right, so I think we're all in order. Yeah, we're in order, good, okay. I don't know why, but I woke up this morning with an upset stomach, nerves. I never have nerves before these, ever. Why do you think that I had nerves today? It's a new venue. I woke up at 2 o'clock this morning and piddled with my slideshow. And I got up this morning. I thought, I need to call all the panelists. And I thought, what is wrong with me? Yeah, it's weird, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm asking you guys to carry me today, OK? All right, good. Yeah. So what you all may not know about these panels is we do a lot of preparation. Um, the people on the panel, they have questions in advance. And we do some, some powwow together. And we put a lot of thought into what's going to be said today. But at the end of the day, the best content will come from your questions. Okay? So we're going to talk for a little bit, and then you're going to write down your questions. And then we're going to stop at about uh, 10. What time do we stop to ask questions? 11. 11 o'clock. I don't have a clock in the back of the room like I'm used to having. That's going to be a problem. Okay. Hold up a sign for me. And so. <laughs> And so we're going to stop and ask questions. And these ladies, one of their commitments is the truth, period. Right? We're not going to dance around any topics. We're not going to try to shove anything under the rug. So if you have questions, feel free to ask them. But write them down, and we'll get those next. So let's start by introducing ourselves. So Kelly's going to start. We're going to talk about who we are, where you work, kind of your history in the senior living arena. Okay. Hello, I am Kelly Fisher and I work at Concordia Life Plan Community. Um, I've been there a little over a year, but I have been in this industry for 10 years. Um, started up at Touchmark, opened their memory support, and then I've been in a few other spots and I've also done some consulting uh, going into many other communities. And you're a missionary. You went to I where? Brazil? Yeah, so my husband and I, we were missionaries in Brazil. Uh, we lived there for 12 years overseas. Absolutely loved it. So, um, But came back here to Oklahoma. Yes. Yes. 
where there's not a beach. <laughs> well, there is. Sand. It's just not a just okay. red dirt. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're glad you're back, though. All right. All right, Jill? Yeah. Good morning. I'm Jill Huff from Spanish Cove Retirement Village, and I came there back in 1996 after I graduated my master's in this industry and been in the industry, I guess, for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty exciting because I'm helping people move in now whose parents I helped move in back in the 90s. And that's pretty cool to me. And we've been around for 46 years. We're expanding. We are a continuing care retirement community. We are not corporate owned. We're a not-for-profit public trust. We're, on, we're the only public trust. We're a housing authority. So we do not have a management company. We're all employees of Spanish Cove, and it's very much run by the residents and the city and the board. Okay, perfect. Angela? Hello, I am Angela Ulissi. I am at the Fountains at Canterbury, and I have been in this industry for about 10 years and love everything about it. Um, I love to help people and guide them through this process through education. And I think that's about it. Tell them about a little bit about uh, the fountains and what kind of community it is. I'm going to come back to you because I want to fill in some blanks. Yeah. Yes. So the fountains at Canterbury is a continuum of care retirement community. So we have every level of care. We are a fee for service. Um, we have been around for over 28 years. And, and that's good. I, I think that covers it. Yeah. Caitlin? Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm Caitlin Carnes. I am the assistant director of Bellagio at Bradford Village. Um, Bradford Village is a CCRC community. Um, Bradford has been in the Edmond community for a long time. The campus opened back in 1957 um, under the um, with the Disciples of Christ Church. We're still there. Um, but we have independent living, assisted living, and then a skilled and long-term care uh, community all on one campus. Um, my background actually started in activities. I am a registered drama therapist, so I um, started in activities um, about eight years ago and have just been about six months or so into the sales position, um, which has been a really good way to learn a different side of the community, but Bradford is home and I really love being there with all my residents. Awesome, Arianne? Hello, I'm Arianne Rodriguez. I'm with Lionwood Senior Living. We are a full service retirement community. That means uh, we're all inclusive, independent living. We also have assistance available through a, an on-site healthcare provider. Uh, we opened in 2000, which is 20 years ago, and I've been there for 20 years and been in the industry for over 30 years. I do have a, a master's in gerontology, started out in long-term care, and probably the first week uh, of employment in the social work at a nursing home, I fell in love with the industry and knew that I would work with seniors for the rest of my life. And, I'm going to be doing it till I'm living in one of these communities. So. Awesome. Welcome probably, everyone. Probably Lionwood. Right? Mostly. <laughs> That's what we joke about. I'm like, I'm almost, and we're 55 and over, which I'm almost just a couple years short of that. So I joke and say, well, I'll be living, uh, I'll be working here till I'm living here, and then I'll still be working here while I'm living here. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, I hope they give you a discount for working there. While I sure there. hope so. All right. Um, and so Arianne's community is at uh, the, uh, north of 122nd on the uh -huh. Penn. 125th and Penn. Okay. And Kelly, I'm going to have you fill in a couple of blanks. Just tell them about Concordia, the type of community it is, and the fact that it's also faith-based. Yeah. 
So Concordia, we are a not-for-profit um, as well, and we are faith-based. We opened 12 years ago. Um, Danny Eichen is our executive director and has been with us 11 of those 12 years. Um, and we have, so we're a CCRC also, which means we do have the independent, the assisted memory support and nursing, as well as skilled and rehab on our campus. We also do take uh, direct access into assisted memory support or nursing if we have space. Uh, but otherwise, life care, that's because you're thinking about your future. So, um, so you kind of want to plan ahead um, Which is why they're here today. That's why they're here. Yeah. So I just want to recap real quick for everybody. So a CCRC, if you missed that, is a Continuing Care Retirement Community, and that should be on your handout. You have a handout there with the types of communities. It has little, little blue houses on it at the top corner. And that gives you some definitions of what we're going to be talking about today. So when these uh, first four folks says CCRCs, that means they have every level of care on their campus from independent to assisted to memory to long-term care and skilled, right? Okay. And then Arianne, when she said full-service independent living community, that is uh, true in its sense of it's independent living. It's, it's not every level of care, but because they have people that need a little support sometimes, they have some in-home care access in their community. And we're going to talk about the differences. So. I want to just kind of clarify when we are talking today about some of the questions I'm going to ask them, we're going to speak somewhat in generalities, okay, about CCRCs and independent and assisted living. And then I'm sure many of your questions will be very specific to them and their community, which is totally fine. But because each one of them has some experience with all the different levels of care, I thought we might talk about those today so that we can differentiate, okay? All right, so ladies, uh, first thing is, what we really want to kind of know, because you all are at the front line, like when somebody comes to learn about your community, you're the one, right? You're the one that's going to take them around, and there may be others on your team, but for the most part, you're it. So what do most people come to your community, what's the reason? Like what if they're not just doing their homework, like they're really ready to make a decision, they're dealing with something in their life, what are some of the factors that cause them to consider you as an option, or a community like you as an option? Uh, Kelly, you've got a mic, you want to start, and Arianne, then I'll let you jump in. Yeah. Um, I think typically for independent living, a lot of times I work with people that are just really tired of maintaining the home. Um, they are just tired of the headaches, hell storms come, you have to pay property taxes. So a lot of times it just has to do with, you know what, I want to be a little freer to live and do things that I love and don't have to worry about those types of things. So Isn't that funny? We got, uh, you know, when the county assessor stuff came out recently, we had one of our uh, longtime friends and past clients and he called and he said, I got my tax records and he said, I'm selling this place. I'm moving to a community. <laughs> that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. But it was, wasn't about the money as much as just the frustration of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Arianne, you want to add to that? Um, yes, that's definitely um, uh, some of the reasons, uh, just tired of paying many different bills, wanting to just have everything included all in one, uh, the home maintenance, uh, grocery shopping, cooking, um, and when we first opened, most of our inquiries were need-based, but more and more now, um, 
residents who are inquiring are just looking for that uh, ease of lifestyle. Some people are isolated in their own homes, uh, don't have someone to have meals with regularly. And then a lot of our uh, residents move in because they're looking for an all-inclusive vacation style, cruise ship living style lifestyle where they can have fun and entertainment every day. And yeah, so, you laugh, but that is the truth it, about this. It, it is true. One of them came with me today and she's over at our table and that was exactly why she moved in. She didn't need yeah. to move in. She just was attracted to the lifestyle. Well, and if you follow Lionwood on Facebook, you'll think Lily's the cruise director because <laughs> she, she's involved in everything, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Jill and then Caitlin, and, and then if we still have some, Angela, we'll jump in there. Jill, what else? So I think that when people are looking, we also look and see who's who comes to find out information. And if it's people like yourselves, they're planning ahead and they want to have fun, you know, have that cruise style atmosphere, resort living, but also access to higher levels of care and not, you know, plan ahead and not let a crisis happen where their spouse has to make a decision for each other or their children have to make a decision. So it's really planning ahead and you mentioned taxes too and at the communities that are continuing care retirement communities that have life care, we have medical tax advantages. So it's many reasons. It's because of not wanting to do the upkeep and maintenance of a home and also wanting to have fun and travel with us, but also planning ahead and you know, if, if a crisis does happen, to have that plan in place for higher levels of care. Right, anticipating future potential needs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Caitlin? How many of you feel confident that your kids would make the decisions that you would make for yourself? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've, I've got a couple that um, live in my community who, uh, she was responsible for cleaning out like an aunt and her mother and then she and her husband also had to help her mother-in-law like with their you know move them to a community or responsible for them going back and you know selling their home and taking care of the estate plan and she said I'm not going to make my kids do that for me we're making the decision to move to Bradford Village now so that we can be in control of our choice and we don't have to put this burden on our families so a lot of people, I think also, like I think Jill mentioned, you know, having your, um, you don't want to put that burden on your kids and your family. Make the decision while you can and while you have the ability to make those choices for yourself. And I think we see that a lot as well. Yeah. Angela, did we leave anything out? I don't think so. <laughs> I, mean, I would say uh, what I see in the community um, when people come and look at the fountains at Canterbury, a lot of it is the lonely aspect of it. But also what I what I see a lot of is couples um, when they are trying to pre-plan so they're not separated. Um, you know, if it is your goal to stay together with your spouse, you need to find that right, you know, community or that right plan that fits both of you. So that's what I see a lot as well. Yeah. You know, um, I, I joke about this, but I did my dissertation on couples. And so anytime I hear couples be brought up, I just kind of laugh because I, I thought there was pillow talk. And that was what I was doing my dissertation on was when couples are making these decisions what are they saying to each other at night, you know, at bed or over a glass of wine or whatever that they're not telling me? And so I did these interviews with people and what I found out was that there was no pillow talk. They just didn't talk about it, period. It was, it was they either talked about it together with me and they were very open about it or it just wasn't discussed. Now, and I'm sure that's not true for everybody, but 
today, there's how many of you are in the room right now with a couple? You're a couple and they're here with you. Raise your hand. Look at the room. Okay. So what I've noticed is a lot of couples are doing their homework and would you say more men are apt to want to move or women are more apt to want to move? I'm taking a poll up here. I, I would say women. Okay. We yeah. get tired of the cooking and cleaning and yeah. laundry. So. Yeah. Men retire, but women never do. That's what they always say. Yeah. So, um, you know, happy wife, happy life. Right. So, and we're, we're pre-selling our expansion, and almost all of them are couples. Yeah. Again. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, I want to clarify. That was kind of the question about these folks and why they people like them might be looking well, what's the next thing so if they're not looking for themselves or if they're looking for say assisted living right which some of you guys have assisted living that they can move into directly but what does that look like so when someone's looking for health care reasons what do they even come to you guys? I mean, what happens if they do? Jill, I'm gonna have you start. So uh, we recently expanded at Spanish Cove and we added about 21 more um, one bedroom apartment suites and assisted living to our current 37 suites. And then we are getting ready to open our 14 memory care assisted living suites. And Nikki Buckaloo and her team moved a lot of the residents to the new areas. Why the expansion, though? Let's talk about so, that, because you're not the only ones out yeah. there that are building. Why more assisted living and memory care? So at Spanish Cove, um, forever, we, have been a life care community, but we also now offer a rental program and also the fee-for-service option. But as Nikki was asking, the senior population is growing, and there are more and more people that don't need 24-hour nursing care, but need a little bit of help with their activities of daily living, which is what assisted living is, help with bathing, dressing, and medication assistance. So, and then memory care assisted living is for people that need a little bit of help with bathing, dressing, medication assistance, but also need to be in a secure environment. And we, um, since we've been around for 46 years, some of our residents have, are really aging in place. We have residents that live at the community for over 30 years. And so we felt we needed to expand our assisted living and memory care. And we recently did, and we have found that our population at Spanish Grove is very healthy. Yeah. Not very many. They didn't want to move. They didn't want to. We only had, I think, um, maybe four residents move over to assisted living. So we really do not do direct admission, as Kelly had mentioned with Concordia and the Fountains does too, I think, um, where you can move directly into assisted living and directly into their memory care. Well, since we didn't have very many people move in, we do have an opportunity, it's yeah. been like 10 years, where we can let a few people move in as a private pay. So I want to point something out that as the market shifts, just like in real estate, supply and demand, right? As the market shifts and there's vacancies, policies change at these communities, don't they? They do, yes. Yeah. So I know at one point, Kelly, you guys had uh, all your cottages were full. And they were, you know, everything was full. Yeah. And currently we are full. And in our cottages. Yeah. In our cottages we are full. But about uh, what, yes. six, eight months ago, there was some availability. Correct. So what Correct. what happens um, for those folks who come and they've waited until they have a health care issue and they want to live in independent living? What happens? So um, it's, it's a difficult situation because I have worked with people that I've worked with for a long time and just couldn't, couldn't move into independent living, kept saying, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. Um, and then it has happened where they've reached back out to me, and I'm like, at that point, I can't help them uh, because we were full and assisted living. Um, if we have a space, then yes, we will do everything we can to help, help a family. 
but yeah, that is something to be cautious of and aware of and why it's so good to pre-plan and think ahead. Um, we, right now, we have a couple of spots in memory support, um, but also because we're life care, we try our best to know, we kind of keep our little list of people in independent living that may be needing assisted or memory in, in the future. And so we try to do a good job of making sure we're taking care of our people that came in life care first. So that's what that's you're contractually kind of, doing. Yes, yeah. That's what, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's priority access when you come to us through the life care program as well. And with the life care, they, they receive a big savings. Yeah. So and Nikki's probably going to mention this, you know, assisted living and memory care, assisted living and nursing care is very expensive. Well, let's talk numbers. Yeah. So let's just put them out there. So for uh, for assisted living in Oklahoma, it averages what nowadays? What, 45 to 6,500 a month? And mm -hmm. That's for a single person. Mm -hmm. And nursing care, I think, for 24-hour care is over 10,000 a month. So there's two different rates. You're going to have the semi-private room rate right. and the private room rate. And the semi-private room rate is going to be somewhere in that seven to 8,000 a month. Right. It's a per day number but we're going to extrapolate it out and for a private room ten to twelve thousand dollars per month for long-term care yeah that's shocking okay. to me so um when jill talks about life care i think what she's alluding to is when you do the life and we're not going to so let me back up we're going to talk about life care right now because i want to get it out there and then we're going to talk about independent living in and of itself right and why people do that but here's what i want you to note Real quick, side note, on the back of your evaluation form today, there are six different times and dates with every single one of these communities, including Hefner Mansion, that they're going to do a sit-down with 15 people max, where they go over all of these things that we're talking about today in great detail and let you ask your questions. Because I can promise you, if we tried to cover every one of these aspects today from the panel, we couldn't do it. It would take all day. So. That just note that if you want to do a, and they're not going to try to sell you, and it's not a sales pitch. It's just a, hey, you have questions, we want to answer them, kind of meeting. But now that said, I'm going to um, I'm going to ask Jill and Caitlin and Angela to kind of extrapolate on what Kelly said about life care. What is a life care contract at a community like yours? What are the right. things that it covers? So. Um, Life care is a lot like long-term care insurance, and I'm sure several of you in the room have long-term care insurance. And when you have long-term care insurance, it works great with the life care contract. And if you don't have it, it's like another form of long-term care insurance because when you move into a life care community, you pay an entry fee, which half of it is a medical tax deduction at most communities, and you pay a monthly fee. And as your level of care increases, as you move from independent living to assisted living or memory care to long-term care, you pay a rate that's pretty consistent to what you're paying in independent living. So it's a huge savings. And you also get a portion of that as a monthly medical tax deduction. So it's a way to guarantee future care at a really reduced rate. And when you say really reduced, here's what I love for people go, they go really reduced? Yes, really yeah. reduced. But each community is different, right. and each contract is different. Absolutely. So for us to say how much difference, it could be half again as much, or it could be more. So what I'm going to say to you is this. Um, so if I go to Concordia, 
and then I visit, and we do this really great meeting, and I go, okay, that's interesting, and then I go out to Spanish Cove, and I think, oh, it's going to be a similar meeting, and I'm going to leave there and go, holy crap, that's totally different, and then I'm going to go over to the fountains, and I'm going to go, oh, I suspect it's similar, and you're going to go, totally different, and then I'm going to drive up to Edmond, I'm going to see Caitlin, and I'm going to go, hmm, there wasn't one single thing I heard from any of those that were identical, nothing, and then I'm going to go see Ariane, and I'm going to go, huh, totally different, Right? Totally different. So I think what you have to know is that some people will go, they'll go to, I'm just going to use Epworth, for whatever reason, because Epworth has those big white pillars, everybody seems to know about Epworth. It's the funniest thing in the whole history of the world. Um, but everybody goes, oh, you know Epworth. I'm like, yeah, they're like the big one on the corner. Okay. Different as well. If we had Epworth here and if we had um, uh, Baptist retirement communities here, did I name all of them? St. Anne's, Touchmark. Yeah, well, touch marks the other one that would be most similar, right? But every single one of them is different. But what I hear people say is, oh, I went out there and I visited, and so I know what CCRCs are. I know what life care is. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you really don't. Am I, am right. I right? Okay. Right. Yeah. Caitlin? I was going to say, and like Nikki was saying, I mean, some of the other differences you might expect to see um, at Bradford Village, for example, um, we have a couple of different versions of the, our contract where one of the contracts has that additional sort of guaranteed rate um, so that you know you have a lower rate going into assisted living or long-term care. Um, another version, for example, may not have that, but you have like a, a better option to like get a refund if you move out or things like that. So they're, they're all different ways that the contracts are structured. Um, some may also have like a guarantee of, of care. So for example, for Bradford Village, like with our life care plan, we have like a hardship clause that says if something happens and you can no longer pay that monthly rate, then we will still provide care for you, you know, throughout the end of your life, whether that even if we have to, you know, have you on a hardship plan where you're paying a reduced rate. So all the communities, like Nikki was saying, right. do it a little bit differently. So really dig into those details and make sure that you understand the differences between the contracts because we all do them differently. Um, so I'm gonna, so we talked about life care and there's a qualifier to move in and get a life care contract. You have to have a financial qualification and a physical qualification, right? And are they all the same at your communities? Okay, right? And are the prices all the same at all your communities? Okay. So I'm gonna clarify between real quick between life care and the continuum of care and independent living. So Ariane, um, when people move to your community, I know historically, because when I first started coming back in early 2000 to your community, um, independent living, that's it. If you weren't totally independent, you really couldn't live there. You had to go move to assisted living. Yeah? Um, well, we did open with um, a healthcare provider on site, uh, not round the clock or not the extended hours that we have now. So it's kind of it's very okay so let's talk about that so what is it now and why like talk about the, the person that lives there and why you guys have that extra component not all communities have that correct right so talk about that um, yes yeah, so the on-site health care provider and our residents aren't required to utilize um, that particular on-site provider they can utilize any provider that of their choice bring someone in from the outside um, however some of our residents may just need some help with medications. Uh, that service is available so they're able to live independently but have medication management service provided. Um, 
the healthcare provider that's on site is there uh, from 5 a.m. to midnight, seven days a week. They can offer assistance with showers, uh, dressing, uh, getting to and from dining and activities, toileting transfers, the medication management, whatever that, that might be. Some of the services can be provided under Medicare with the doctor's order and then other things they can pick and choose from an a la carte menu of services. Uh, there are some packages that are discounted. Things can be customized and things can be very fluid. So if someone falls, breaks a hip and comes back, needs a little rehab, maybe needs a little help with dressing, showers, whatever that might be, and then they recover back to fully independent, they can drop that care and services and they're not locked into anything. Um, also, we're a month-to-month -month, uh, rental, yeah. so we don't have a long-term lease at our community, um, which makes it nice, just a 30-day written notice. So if someone should end up needing 24-hour uh, support, memory care, something like that, they're not locked into a long-term uh, lease where they couldn't move out and, and get adequate care. Yeah, so lots of options in between to right. try to help manage and customize. Well, I think the point, you know, the reason I like Lionwood is because they're not assisted living. They're not licensed. They're not a licensed assisted That's living. Correct. So their pricing is about what's your range now? What's the range? Uh, we start at fifteen ninety-five a month, go up to uh, twenty-six ninety-five. So we have ten different floor plans, studios, one bedrooms, two bedroom, one bath, two bedroom, two baths. So okay, perfect. So similar to Hefner Mansions as far as they're not licensed, but they have this help on site. And I think what I've seen in the industry across the country is that independent livings, they want people to be able to stay in their home. They don't want people to have to move if they don't want to, not to mention they're going to go from, say, 2000 a month to 4500 a month at assisted living just because they need help with medication. And that didn't seem right, did it? No, it did not. So for a lot of people, that, that's a good option for them. But here's what doctors will say when they discharge from a hospital. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. The doctor will say, you need assisted living. That does happen sometimes because they're but not really educated on the other options. Yeah. And so, but that's an opportunity for us to uh, connect and do some education. So, I have a lady, a, a resident, she's been with us 19 years. She is 99 completely independent all 19 years but about six months ago did have a fall broke a hip and was out for a bit but she was able to return home and that could have been very traumatic to have to move at 99 when you've been somewhere 19 years but with that added care being there on site she was able to add that and she's still with us and doing great perfect and not everyone can do that right that's uh, at some point if they can't handle it on their own they do need to move right they got to move to another no, community. Uh, we have residents who have a 24-hour care. They can bring sitters in. It is their home, just like a private home. And so whatever you can access in your private home, if you want to have a family member come and be your caregiver and or, uh, or some of the private sitting uh, caregiving agencies like we have right here. Yeah, so Synergy and Providence can do that. Now, can I, I know you can't speak for every community, but you're unique in that some communities will tell the person, sorry, if you need 24-hour care, you've got to move. Now, you can, I don't want Arian to speak for people, but I know communities out there that will say, if you're on the second or third floor and you need 24-hour supervision, you can't live here anymore. So please understand, that's why I say, if I had five independent living communities like Arianne and five others up here, every community's policy would be different. So just hear that, okay? What Arianne's telling you is they are much more lenient in terms of 
allowing people to live in their home long term. That's a that, That's definitely our goal because yes. it's right. their home. As long as they can yeah. be there and be safe and adequately mm -hmm. cared for, we want them to remain members of our family. Perfect. So ladies in the CCRC area, yours is built in, right? So someone comes back from the hospital, they have care on site. You want to speak to that? I just want to add though, um, at the CCRCs, we are Medicare certified, so if somebody does break their hip, they can come back to their home and stay there and get rehab because we're at Spanish Cove and Concordia and Bradford Village and Canterbury, we all have skilled nursing. So when you're discharged from the hospital, you can come straight back to your home and get your rehab and Medicare pays for that. So you never have to go to another place. Okay. So I know there'll be questions around that. I'm gonna go to the next one. So in order to take a tour of your community, how many, let me ask a question out of the room. How many of you have toured all of these communities already? Raise your hand. One or two, three of you, okay, great. Um, is there anybody here that already lives at a community? I always know Bill, I know Bill does. Anybody else here that already lives at a community? Bill's one of our clients and he comes all the time because he just loves to see us. So, and I'm always happy that he's here. So, uh, and he adds to the conversation. So if you ever have questions about that process, Bill was very thorough, by the way, in his process. So the reason I had you raise your hands is because what, what they're sharing up here, like I said, we can't get in the weeds on, but if you were to sit down and talk with them, I wanna know what questions you would have. So, let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and open it up, because I think, I, I'm feeling like we need to have questions, because I'm out of questions, okay. So Bill's question is, is there anybody in town that has a list with all of the information about all of these communities in one place, so you don't have to go all over town to find out the information? The answer is no. I mean, that's a simple answer. And some of us are trying to put that together currently, but I'm gonna tell you the, do you guys wanna address that? Because I have a, I have my thoughts around why we don't have that, but do you guys wanna? Well, I would just like to add that with the communities being so different, as you see, um, even for me being a CCRC like these four other ladies, we are very unique and a lot of our qualifications, pricing, um, and, and of course, um, compliance and things like that. So I would say, um, even if you could find a list like that, it still is only gonna be as useful as you going out and actually getting to know these people and getting to know residents and seeing what it feels like to actually be there and if it feels like home. So I would just say that um, as just a little bit of advice, I, I let every one of my tours know. Yeah. And I, I want to add to that, that at Spanish Cove, everybody that calls or comes for information, I share with them about Concordia and Canterbury and Lionwood and all in Heifer Mansions and all the different options because it's not a one size fits all. Everybody has a different story. Everybody's looking for something different and you do need to look around and experience them. And, we, we did a questions ask little booklet, and in fact, I don't know if the Zables are here, but they come to Albert, the senior, are y'all here? Not they much. come to the Senior Living Truth Series, and they um, were looking at lots of different places, and I have this questions to ask booklet, and they actually asked me for the answers. <laughs> and so we actually discussed the answers a lot in their tours and in their visits, but we actually compiled it, and I think it's a helpful list of questions, and I mentioned pretty much all the communities here yeah. because we want to help each other. So here's what would happen. I'm just going to play this out, Bill, and then I'm going to take another question. 
If you had that list, okay, if you had this exhaustive list, and by the way, there are about, Bill, where's Bill Murr? How many assisted livings are there, Bill? 45 assisted livings just in the metro area. And about how many long-term care communities? About that same amount. And independent living? Sorry to put you on the spot. About half that. Okay. Well, I was thinking about the same, actually, but I may be thinking assisted living. So here's the thing. And then there's five or six, depending on how you categorize them, CCRCs. So here's what would happen is you take that list and it, all it is is a filter. And here's what would happen. I guarantee it, as many consultations for downsizing uh, that as I've done, here's what they would do. They'd go, nope, not going to UConn, too far. Nope, not going to Edmond, too far. Nope, don't like Canterbury, it's in the wrong location, my church is over there. Nope, people would begin to filter it based on geography first. And then they would look at the entry price and they would go, nope, not moving there because of the price. And then they would go, nope, not moving there because of whatever. And if what happens is I've had people, have you, how many of you have ever bought a house? Yep. And you said, this is what I want. And you went out and you looked at 20 houses like that. And then you went and bought a house totally different. <laughs> You said, I will not buy a two-story, but you did. You said, I will not do this, but you did. It happens all the time. So what happens is you get a list, and I guarantee you would look at that list, and you say, screw it, I'm not moving at all, because this is way too confusing. <laughs> but then what happens is we do bus tours, which we did this past year with, I think all of you guys have been involved in a bus tour so far. And so what we did is we did a bus tour where people could go and learn about these communities. How many of you went on a bus tour? Raise your hand. Did you, were you surprised? What were you surprised about? How different they were. How different they were. Karen? I was surprised at some of the things that were offered and were not offered. Some of the things offered and not offered at different communities. Yeah, were any of you pleasantly surprised? Yeah? Were any of you dismally surprised and you went, holy moly, this is worse than I thought? <laughs> Nobody said that. Because, well, no, I just mean that because in their minds they're thinking it's it's either going to be grand or it's going to be terrible, and it's going to be whatever they think, right? So my point is you can't create a list like that and make a decision on it. You can filter for price, but I will tell you that they, you would filter out every CCRC, and you would boil it down to moving into independent living, and you would not know why you're doing it because you hadn't asked the question. So I'm not saying it's good or bad. There's a, there's a reason people move to every community. So anyway, that's my soapbox, and I'm sticking to it. No list. No list for Bill. All right. Um, you know. It does. To get rid of some of the obvious ones that you cannot afford to go to or you can't do this or that. But Bill, if you went there and you couldn't afford it, then here's what would happen. They, because they know all of the communities, are going to direct you to the ones you can afford and that will save you a lot of time. The list will change. How many of your prices changed this past year? Yes, ours did. Everybody's prices changed. But um, I was going to say, yes, I get that all the time. When mm -hmm. people come and sit down with me and we get really honest with each other, mm -hmm. um, then I have no problem referring and telling you what I know about other, other communities and where might be a good fit and a good place and where you might feel good. So I think all of us on the panel are, are those types of ladies that kind of know where to look. I'm going to take a survey of the room. How many of you want a list like Bill? Raise your hand. 
How many of you want or need a list like Bill? Be honest. I'm, I'm being honest. Because if you do, then we'll create it. If it's just Bill, then Bill's going to need to create it. And many of them have created and it. In the Patrick moment. Lynch created yeah. one. I've seen Pat's list. Um, there are people who have done it. And here's what they've done is they've gone and visited all of them. they put them on a spreadsheet. But then I've seen some of their spreadsheets, and they're wrong. And the reason they're wrong is because they change. So that's all I'm saying. Okay, I had a person. I don't want to go to an assisted living memory care. Yeah. I'm looking for independent living. Perfect. And that's happened last month. I went to right. a place that was beautiful, but it, yeah. it started at assisted living. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm shopping for independent Okay, so there's, that's the problem. So we have a list of those. So we've compiled this for our purposes because when I'm sitting with families, and Bill, I know Murr has a sim similar list of his own, and what happens is we sit down with them and we do a needs analysis is what we call it. So we find out what is your budget? What geographic area do you want? And then we try to give them some direction. But then I'll usually say, I know you said this isn't where you want to live, but you need to go visit there because this person you're going to meet with is going to be helpful, right? And that's where you guys come in. Now, um, to your point, the assisted living thing, what you guys need to hear is that the guys, their marketing is confusing, isn't it? That's not their fault. It's their company's fault, usually. But what they usually do is they say, all-inclusive senior living. And then you get there, and they go, oh, we're a licensed assist, uh, I mean, assisted living, and you go, I didn't want that. So you have, that's the list you need. You need to know who's licensed, who's not, who's a CCRC, who's not. Yeah? yeah. We have that. But we're not putting pricing in it because it changes. Yes, sir? Well, that gentleman stole my question, but I'm starting a new business. And I'll be counseling seniors on where they need to live, and I'll make a million dollars. So yeah. Well, Bill Murr does that, and I do that already, and neither one of us are millionaires, so if you figure it out, you let me know. <laughs> because they want the counseling, they just don't want to pay for it. Just saying. All right, yes, sir. Is the, you refer to it as an entry fee, a fee up front the yep. that is sometimes pretty I think. Yeah, I'm let's. In my category of income anyway. Let's talk about the ranges uh, and what is, that is. Is CCRC is that synonymous with the entry fee? Do yeah. They all have entry fees? Beautiful question. Let me repeat it. If they aren't a CCRC, does that mean they don't have an entry fee? Okay, so CCRC, Continuing Care Retirement Community, he asked, does that mean you'll have an entry fee? Yes. 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 Now. You said it can be steep and above, a, a little bit beyond maybe your... Or sometimes you just don't have the psyche that you want to give $150,000 away to people no matter how yeah. good a talk they get. Every man in the room will agree with that, by the way. <laughs> Seriously, it's a male-female thing. I don't know. It's weird. Okay, so... Um, Talk about the ranges, uh, because I think they're conceptually, they don't know. So here in Oklahoma City, Jill, for, since you have the mic, and then Kelly, what is your lowest entry fee at your community? So there are um, entry fees that start in the $70,000 range and go up, and the contracts, there are refundable contracts, and after, there's lots of different types of contracts. So when you say 150000 and not get anything back, well... There are refundable contracts and does start around the $70,000 range. There are also tax advantages. So a lot of people do like the life care, continuing care retirement community concept because you can get a tax advantage. And then the monthly fee starts at about 2200 
and goes up. That's for a single person, and then our contracts are all different, as Nikki said. Nikki said, if it's a couple, you don't double the price, but there's a second person fee. And so what's the highest entry fee that you guys have at the moment? Well, we're um, at the moment, yes. Yeah. So it ranges up to probably about 215 and then we are also expanding in our new um, apartments that will be open in three years. Those entry fees are more expensive, and those do start around, oh, I can't even remember. I don't have them memorized. Probably about 200? No, upper 100,000 okay. for the new for in three years, yes. Okay. All right, Kelly, range. Uh, range, monthly fees, 2,000 up to 5,000, depending single couples, patio home, apartments, so all different ranges. Um, entry fee, Hundred thousand up to three hundred thousand, um, and that's based on apartment versus cottage, yeah, right? Yeah, okay, right. yep. Angela, at the fountains at Canterbury, it starts at seventy-five thousand, and then it's um, for the cottages for the ninety percent refund that we offer on the contract. It's up to two hundred and twenty-five thousand. Okay, so let me let's clarify that. What does that mean? So I pay less knowing that if I move or pass away, I don't really get that back, right? Yes, we have a, the lower um, entry fee will typically be on an amortization schedule. So after four years, it does attrition away to zero for the refund, but you'll pay a lot less coming in the door. If it is very important for you to have that money back for your estate or um, for your, you know, for your living expenses while you may be in assisted living at that point, um, then we have a 90% contract where you, you do get 90% back. Okay, and Caitlin, similar? Depending, again, on version of the contract, um, that all have you know, different types of benefits to them, um, our range will go from 70,000 up to about 250,000. Um, I know that you know, we hear that question a lot, Ivan, that you know, oh, I, you know, maybe I could afford a $150,000 entry fee, but I just don't want to. You guys remember that part where we said earlier, private pay long-term care can be 10 to $12,000 a month? Yeah. I, I'm not a mathematician, but you're not going to, I mean, what, 15, but, you know, year and a half, you'll already be at 150000 So, So talk about that, Caitlin. What do they, when they pay that entry fee, and then let's say someone does need five years of assisted living and then long-term care, what, how, how does that, a money savings for them? Sure. So, again, depending on type of the contract, um, like our health care benefit contract, guarantees like a contracted rate of, it's ranged, but it's around $3,600 a month. So you could go to long-term care and instead of paying $10,000 a month private pay, you're only paying $3,600 a month. I mean, that's a significant savings. Um, and then again, we have that, um, Bradford Village has a, like a hardship option. So if something happens and all of your other, you know, your assets are depleted, you have some sort of financial disaster, all your assets are depleted and you can no longer pay that monthly fee, even that 3600 a month, then we still continue to provide care. Typically, and I don't know if the other communities do it this way, the way that that works for us is that entry fee then gets protected in like an escrow account. And then if you go on a hardship claim, then we use that entry fee to help, like draw down against that entry fee to help continue to pay for your care. Um, now if you, like one of, like Angela's saying, like some contracts have a refund option. Um, 
if we draw down and get that entry fee, you know, you may not get the full entry fee or you may not get whatever was contracted, like 90% of it back, but you would still get a portion of it back even if it was drawn down against. So I think it was uh, Jill that mentioned right at the very beginning, those entry fees really almost function similarly to like a long-term care policy. So you have that protected guarantee that you know you have a way to pay for your care later on in life should you need it. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell you one other thing too that you guys may not know, but doing all the research, if you look at just the demographics, is that there's gonna be a day in the not too distant future that you're gonna call Bill Murr and you're gonna ask him about a long-term care or memory care or assisted living option for you or someone you care about and you're gonna be on a waiting list, 50 people or 100 people deep. Now I want you to just wrap your head around that for a second. And so one of the reasons people do move to a continuing care retirement community is because they have a guaranteed space. If that were to happen, they aren't gonna say, oh, you're on a waiting list for, for 50 people. They're gonna say, we have a spot for you because contractually they're bound to do that. Yeah. Go ahead, Kelly. Well, and I was going to add, we also do have a benevolent fund. So if you do outlive your resources, then we're also going to be able to take care of you. And our contracts do range from a zero to a 90% refund. So, uh, but yeah. Talk about how that works, too, because um, I think there's a misunderstanding about that. So, okay, so I move in, I want to do the refund. And I pay you X amount of dollars to move in. And then, let's just say two years later, I meet the love of my life and they live in Hilton Head and I want to move and I'm now I put this money down how do I get my money back well if you did a 90% refund then yes you would go ahead and give your notice you could go ahead and move now we do have to resell or release that apartment and then that's when your money would come back to you so okay so there's a there's uh -huh. yeah you got to get renewed and then yes. i get renewed. yes okay and even on like a zero percent refund plan which is the amortization like angela was talking about it dwindles away slowly and so um if you lived with this for two years then what that means is that that two-year mark you're still going to get something back you can just throw away that big chunk of money right so you'll still get some of that back so we right. just have to do the amortization to see where it lands at the time yeah jill we actually had a client that moved to spanish cove that had a car accident yes. and passed away like within a month of moving in right and how does that work so I, I resold the apartment to somebody that sends your series and we issued a refund right away. Yeah. So we actually have in our contract, um, you do have to resell the apartment, but you know, that's why you, when you're looking at places and you're asking questions, you need to ask occupancy rates because that's really important. And Nikki was saying, you know, in a few years there'll be a waiting list. Well, right now I can, not. <laughs> well, at Spanish Cove there is for some floor plans. So true, yeah. we, we have some vacancies, not very many. So you should ask occupancy rates. And we do have a waiting list for our cottages and our larger apartments. So there are waiting lists. Right. And, you know that's something to to ask and and if there's not a waiting list you want to know why you do want to know why yes yes what you know what right yes and, and they'll, they'll be able to explain it sometimes they over expanded sometimes they had a, a significant number of people either move to a higher level of care or pass away all at one time and sometimes they're just a really crappy community and, and I'm not joking you've got to ask the question why 
Right, and let them help you understand why. Right, and there's helpful websites you can go to. To If you move to CCRC, you should look at Medicare.gov and NursingHomeRating.org and see how people, you know, just like um, you know, universities and schools when your kids are going to college, you look and see what type of grades people make and things right. like that. You should see, I mean, is it a five-star community? Is it, you know, what type of deficiencies do they have? I mean, these are real important questions to ask when you're looking at places because if you're going to move to a place with every level of living, you need to see what how they do. Absolutely. And you could also, uh, like for example, at Spanish Club, we have something called the Spirit Club, and that's the name of our waiting list because we have a waiting list because we truly have a waiting list for some floor plans, and then also some people just aren't really ready to make a decision, so it gives people an opportunity to get to know us a little bit better, and we call it the Spirit Club. Speaking of, Arian, how many times do people visit your community before they make a decision to move usually? Oh, goodness. I've had 10 times uh, over a period of many, many years and come back and look at different things and bring different measurements. And I've had people come in with uh, construction cutouts of all the pieces of furniture. So, um, yeah. I think it could be 10 times, times or it could be... Does anybody ever move in the first time they come in? I've had people move in the first time. I've had people move in sight unseen from another state and just mm -hmm. our communications via yeah. phone and email and things. And It doesn't bother you that they want to come back 10 times before no. they decide? No. Not Does it all. bother any of you? No. 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 Okay. We love it. They bring different family members and yeah, it's a process. Yeah. So Good. All right. I saw a couple of other hands. Um, yep. Pat, I didn't see you back there. Speaking of ratings. What state agency or agencies regulate the CCRCs and I guess independently? Yeah, good question. And, and then are, how does that work? Do they like do an annual review? How do they handle yeah. complaints? Are, is that all published on a website? Okay, so that was a three-part question. So the, the first question is CCRCs and independent livings, how are they uh, governed? Who, who, who oversees that? Is it regulated, etc.? How are they uh, investigated and how do they do that? And then is it public? So uh, Angela, or Ariane, let me start on the end. Independent living, how do you guys um, we have uh, health department inspections and fire and safety marshal, OSHA, that type of thing. Um, the health care agency that is there on site um, is inspected by uh, the, the health department as well. Because they're not, they're, are they licensed or? Yes, yes it's a licensed, licensed right. branch office of right. a Medicare certified home health agency okay. that's there on site. Um, we are also inspected by the VA because we are a, a VA sponsored um, continuing uh, retirement community and almost like a residential care type certification. Um, so those are the, the uh, parties that do uh, inspect my type of living. But they're not licensed like in the sense of an assisted living for medical support because they don't provide medical. Okay, right. so that's the, the difference. That is the difference, right. uh, but the medical provider uh, does have their own inspection their own for the services that they provide at the community. And so, so if they were moving to Lionwood, they would need to look for the, uh, the what do you call it, the survey, is that what they call it with healthcare people too? What do they call it, Bill? They, an annual inspection an for annual a home, home health agency that you could find it on Medicare.gov. 
So the health department inspects food service, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about for the healthcare people. So if they have an on-site in-home care provider, what do they call it, Jeff? What do they? State inspection? Yeah. Survey? Yeah. And where do they find? Is that public? Is that public? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a hung-up agency. They can find them. Oklahoma.gov. Medicare.gov. Uh-huh. Okay. Did y'all hear that? It is public. I'm going to tell you, it's not easy to find. So if you need help, we can give you help because we have resources for that. Okay, who who is going next? Angela? Well, and I would say for the for our CCRC, um, we are licensed for medical care. So we do get an annual survey, um, and that is public. Not, um, it's on uh, Medicare.gov, so you all could check out any of these communities that offer that licensed care. Um, and then um, we have internal inspections, of course, um, and then also have fire safety um, and then health, um, health department inspections. Um, on the independent living side, it's more of like a, um, a housing authority kind of thing, Fair Housing Act, things like that that we follow. Um, and we get audited by. Don't you think it's a little bit confusing because CCRCs are a licensed type you have to be licensed to be called a CCRC. And so there's that. And then you have independent, assisted, and, and long-term care, skilled care. And all of those have different surveys. And, and we're required by state law to provide a survey to you. In fact, I brought ours with us. So if anybody wants to pick up Spanish Go's most recent, we have a copy of it at our table. And um, yeah, so we have a copy. And I'm always checking because I went on medicare.gov and nursinghomerating.org this morning, and for example, it'll rate the community's um, health center, which is where we provide assisted living and nursing care and memory care, and it will say below average, average, above average, much above average, and it will give you a star rating. And you know, some places aren't perfect. I mean, we, we Nobody's do. Nobody's perfect. No, we have zero deficiency, so we are kind of perfect right now. So, but we're not immune. I mean, we're human beings, and people can make mistakes. But you want to see if there is a deficiency, is it a paperwork deficiency or is it a care issue? Is it a staffing issue? Um, there's, you know, there's lots to um, unfold there and unpack there. So go through the survey and see what the deficiencies are if you decide to move to a community that has any. Well, and it's not just, uh, it's not, you're not going to be living there in a snapshot in time. And that survey is done in a snapshot time. Every six months. It's like an appraisal on a house. It's only good for a very limited period of time. And then, guess what? A year later, you need to do your due diligence again because they could have a director of nursing change. They could have a, a staffing change across the board. So it's not a one and done. That's why you should go back time and time again to see is there some consistency there, right? Um, I saw another hand. Yes, ma'am. And then I'll get you all over. It's the Oklahoma State Department of Health comes in unannounced, like, yeah, yep. So the Oklahoma State Department of Health is who she's talking about, does the survey. That License us and regulate to. us, and they, they, yes, gotcha. yes. Yeah. And yes. the, second question, yes. oh. you all talk about So the question is, what does it mean by cruise ship living? So as you think about moving to what some of my clients will say, the old folks' home, 
uh, what you think of about what your parents or aunts and uncles may have lived in is not what we're talking about here. So what are we talking about? What is cruise ship living? Jill, I, I'm going to ask specific questions on Jill's because I want you to tell them about the rowing cruise and then the bus tours. And then everybody tell about your cruise ship version. Right. Yeah. So in Spanish Cove, we, we do have two dragon boat teams that are in the regatta. And I think it's our seventh season we just competed in last fall. And so we have two dragon boat teams that actually compete and they did really well this year. So you could be on the dragon boat team, which is really not something you think about when you think about retirement living. Right. And we also have a motor coach. We're the only community with a 56 passenger motor coach. So we have the Cove Touring Club. And JLo's here, he drives our bus. And we do lots of trips. They went to the Ark and um, the Creation Museum. And JLo, where are we going next? We're going to Branson. So we always go to Branson once or twice a year, and people can go who live at Spanish Cove and who are in our spirit club or are charter members of our new building. So it's pretty exciting. We have touring club meetings, and they throw names out there of where they want to go, and they make decisions, and they have a blast. We so have, it attracts a very specific Very active, active very, people, yes. Mm -hmm. Because there are requirements to live at communities, and at Spanish Cove, you have to qualify medically and financially, and if you want to do the life care concept, you do have to be in reasonably good health to move to our community. So people move in in their 60s, 70s, 80s, all different ages, but they do have to be um, physically capable of qualifying. You kind of have a lower than average age group at your community. We do, we do. But it's large, yes. too. So yes. there's a big like the average age on the Dragon Boat teams is 82, but we have three people that are over 90 on the Dragon Boat team. That really raised the age. Every so day. I don't want to hear any more about this whiny crap about you don't want to exercise. And it was, you know, I'm one of those people whiny, by the way. Kelly, let's talk about uh, Concordia's and kind of the lifestyle there is really what we're looking for. Yeah, so Concordia, we also do some bus tours as well. So Pioneer, Walmart, Grapevine, Texas, various places. Um, but we also, in our community, we have a lot of volunteerism, so we have a lot of people that are still actually working and going out and, and serving the community. Um, we do a lot with Oklahoma Housing Authority as far as helping with gifts. We are a faith-based community, so, so we're a little more, it's, it's a little bit of a different atmosphere. Um, it's more of an intimate community. So. Um, Obviously, we have bridge. We have all the games, the dominoes, um, we bowling as well. You we guys bowling. do we bowling. Yeah. Um, we have a personal trainer, so I think fitness is extremely important. So um, rock steady boxing, um, we're able to help people that have um, Parkinson's, and it's a wonderful way to keep your balance strong. And um, and Chris Coleman is our is our personal trainer, and he is absolutely amazing. So, um, so fitness, I think, is something you really want to check into as you're looking at other communities as well and see what they offer. I would say, like, Jill's group is like the Carnival Cruise Line and Concordia's cruise is more like down the Danube River, right? I know, it's, and I know I say that for a reason because there's personalities are different, right? And I'm thinking a big, the Carnival is a big cruise line, right? Big ship, lots going on, right? World Caribbean, sorry, Jill's offended by, by, by my analogy, I apologize, I'm not a Christmas person. Royal Caribbean, Royal Caribbean, not Carnival. But Chris and I talk, we, don't, we, uh, we like this idea of the Danube River, because it's a smaller, more intimate, but it's still a cruise. Does that make sense? So everybody's different. Yeah, Angela? 
So we kind of sit in the middle over here. Um, we, we just went um, to Branson for a couple of days. Um, we also work on a lot of different fun fitness, so water aerobics, um, and we do, um, we're getting certified in the boxing classes and Angel's Grace as well, but also the parties. We have some awesome parties with bands and just fellowship to have those friends right next to you, your new friends, your new neighbors. Um, so we do have a lot of fun doing those types of things, even inside the community. Um, we um, do not have a qualifying factor for physical or financial. So some of our residents are um, in their late 90s that move in. And so when they move in, having something that they can come to and still have that cruise experience, that fun experience. And so we have some on the um, events that are in inside of our building and then we go out we just started to um do our routine this year and come back so we'll be seeing uh -oh. spanish cove out there uh -oh. <laughs> so we're really excited to get back. We're, we're excited to get back into that um and and getting our our residents active outside as well so Caitlin, what's your lifestyle like there? You know, Nikki, I've never been on a cruise before. I've never wanted to go, so I don't know what cruise line to compare ourselves to. Sorry. Um, I would I would say we're probably more in the Danube group. Um, Bradford is um, it's a very it's a smaller and very intimate community. Um, I mean, if we have somebody not come for breakfast one day, um, my executive director and I will have five other residents knocking on our doors going, "Oh my God, where's Sue? She didn't come." She was at a doctor's appointment or something, right? So everybody really looks out for each other there. Um, I'll tell you about a couple of programs that we do that I just love about our community. Once a month, we have a celebrations event where we just get together and, and celebrate life. Um, it's a sit-down meal. We have a cocktail hour. We have like a fine dining option, and we always bring in entertainment. We've had musical theater groups from the Pollard come and do um, like cabaret-style performances. We've had hula dancers. We've had belly dancers, which the guys thought were a lot of fun. Um, so all kinds of it. Yeah. <laughs> And it, yeah, so there you go. Maybe I would like a cruise. I'll see. Um, and then one of the other things that I think Bradford Village is just very lucky to have is we are literally right across the street from University of Central Oklahoma. So we do have a great partnership program with the university. Um, the kinesiology students come and teach our exercise classes at um, Bradford Village. And so it's a great opportunity for the students to learn and put into practice what they're learning in their classes, as well as a great opportunity for our residents to have access to the latest and greatest knowledge about physical and exercise science. Um, we've partnered with the gerontology classes. Last year, the students read a book called Learning to be Old, and our residents went and attended some of the classes with them at the university, and the students interviewed people at our, um, at our class about, what has your experience been of aging? What has that been? And they, they had a wonderful time. Um, they had some really good connections. There was a non-traditional student who was having her first baby, and one of our residents made her a baby blanket by the end of the class. They just really connected. So that's been really fun at our, at our campus. Arianne, we you would you would have a, a three hour talk on the things that you guys do. So give me your top three. We're definitely more like the Disney cruise ship, I would say, and I have been on that, but 
When you're on a cruise, you pretty much wake up and just worry about what am I going to put on, and then you look at the daily itinerary and you decide what looks interesting and fun, and that's what you're going to go do, and you have food available all day long. So our residents have um, all-day dining. The dining room's open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Breakfast items are available all day. It's a really large menu, lots of choices. So. You can dine all day long if you wanted to, and then um, just pick and choose from the variety of activities that are going on. And we do a lot of things that are themed and uh, fun that you would probably find on a cruise ship. I'm pretty sure you have a thunder uh, contingency there. Yeah, we do, we, we do a lot of um, thunder watch parties, go to games, we go to casinos and uh, recreational events, social events, sporting events, and all those kinds of things. And then we like to bring a lot of that fun into the community. So every month we do two, uh, one or two destinations. We call it Adventures by Lionwood and Dining Around the World. And so actually today we're back in the Roaring Twenties. I'm not dressed in my attire at this moment, but um, so all day they have a Roaring Twenties themed food going on and themed activities. We have a Great Gatsby Gala that'll be going on with Best Dressed awards and dance contests, live musical entertainment, everybody will be all themed out and dressed and so and, and we do that uh, all year long uh, with the different, uh, this month we're doing the Roaring Twenties, China and Australia, then we have Italy and just it just goes on and on so it's and like a cruise. It literally goes on and on, I promise you. <laughs> so here's what, here's what I wanted to say to the group because some of you are sitting here going, I'm not into all that crap. I don't want to do that. I want to sit in my room and read a book. Can they do that? Nobody's going to make them. Yeah. Nobody's going to make you do any of this. And at the end of the day, that's why I say you have to go check out all these communities because what you're looking for is a lifestyle, right? It's a lifestyle. It's not what activities do you have. It's what activities do you have that interest me, right? And, and that really at the end of the day. Oliver? Hang on just a second, Oliver. I know what you're going to say, so I'd like to have your mic. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. There are facilities in this state that do evaluate the places you're talking about, the Department of Health, for example. There's also the area-wide aging agency. And they have a volunteer program called Ombudsman. And they assign people as volunteers to go into these facilities and check on the residents. They work independent. They don't get paid, and they make evaluations, and they make monthly reports. These, in turn, become part of the evaluation. So you might ask the facility if they have an ombudsman on, <coughs> on place, and who it is, and you might want to meet with that person if possible. That's just a comment. I love it, and you're an ombudsman, yes? I, I have Still? a question, and I think you've all seen this too, like I have. A place for mom. Now what confuses me here is I've heard these prices and they are pretty high at times, particularly in Oklahoma. But now I can see in senior living magazines and publications where they say monthly $702 and then all, of this, all the facilities that they have. So I'm curious, for $2,200 or for $700, what do you provide for $2,200? Okay, so can I address the a place for mom thing real quick? 
I'm just going to say it because I can. Don't use it. Now, these guys may disagree with me because they're a lead generation machine. And some people respond to that. They hold that for me. So they, they are out there to generate leads for senior communities. Okay, that's a search engine. You go on, you put your information in, they're gonna give you a list or whatever, and they're gonna send your name to every subscriber, every community that's, that has a contract with them. Now, when you start getting phone calls and you tell them to take, the, take you off their list, you know what they're gonna say? You're not on a list. You're on hundreds of lists, just saying. So. I'm going to say if you need help finding a community, you're better off talking to one of us or Bill Murr back here because that's what Bill does for a living and he gets paid by the community just like a place for mom. Now here's the problem. If you put your information in a place for mom or you call and then you call Bill to help you, guess what? Whoever puts that name on their list first gets paid. So Bill might drive your rear end all over town and show you 20 places, but if your name is on the list already at the place you choose, Bill's not going to get paid. So I'm just telling you that because Bill's not going to tell you. He's going to be the good steward and he's going to do it anyway. But Place for Mom was in its infancy, I think, a good thing. But what a Place for Mom has also done, and not here in Oklahoma because we're ethical. I'm going to go with that. But in Dallas, I have a client the other day who said that they have a, they have a resident uh, that wanted, or they had a client that wanted to move to a memory care community. And the memory care community has a waiting list. And they were on Place for Mom's list, and they are going to skip that person, and they're going to let other people move in because they don't want to pay the fee to a Place for Mom. So here you are trying to place your loved one or a person in your life in a memory care community and you think you did the right thing by calling a place for mom and now they're going to get skipped over because that community can choose other people they don't have to pay. Does that make sense? So that's my two cents about a place for mom and then what was it that he actually asked? Yeah, so we have three minutes to answer that question. So give him your three-minute or less answer because here's... Okay, no, he's really not asking what do you provide. He's asking what is it that makes it so expensive to live there? Verse 700 versus 2200. First of all, I can't think of a place in Oklahoma that's $700 a month. You can't even... My daughter can't even rent a place for $700 a month. Sliding scale subsidized. Section 8, subsidized housing. So what separates... I'm going to use Arianne as an example. Arianne, what separates Lionwood from a, uh, say, an Oklahoma City Housing Authority independent living or a uh, subsidized housing of other kinds? Uh, we are just strictly a private pay, and we don't get any uh, type of funding, uh, Section 8, vouchers, payment from the state, those type of things. I will tell you, it's, a, it's amenities. It's, it's the nicer. It's you're going to get nicer, and you're also going to get all of these activities they're talking about. These other communities cannot do that for that price. And they don't have staffing. They also don't have food. It, and it, it, you know, it would depend on where $700 could be just a private apartment with no amenities, or it could be one of the, um, you know. Bill, is there any place here in Oklahoma City that you can rent for $700 that's a full-service community? That, is, uh, that, that ad is placed by a place called 
hair suites. It's subsidized housing. Subsidized housing. For lack of a better term, it's a Medicaid assisted living. Okay, and Bill, is there a waiting list there? Well, there's a waiting list there, but you have to qualify. First of all, you have to qualify for, for Section 8 housing, then you have to qualify for Medicaid. Okay, so here, so what Bill said is you have to qualify for Section 8 housing and you have to qualify for Medicaid to live there. So here's what happens with a place for mom. They put that number in there to do what? To attract you and get you going, hey, I can afford that. That sounds good. And then you go to Limewood or any one of these and you go, holy crap, you people are too expensive. So it is deceiving in that it does not explain to you the truth between what subsidized is and who qualified for it. It just is an ad. It's an ad. I get so irritated with this truth in advertising. Is for, it, there is none. Okay. I got people getting up to leave, so I'm going to have to close down. All right. So can we ask the, uh, give the panelists a, a round of applause? Yeah. Uh, before you leave, let me give you some instruction. Um, before, before everybody leaves, I'm going to let these ladies be at their tables because I know you're going to have questions for them. And I know they all, so by the way, every single sponsor we met last week, and they're going to have handouts for you over there at the tables um, that... It, that have something to do with the topic of today. So pick those up. If you're curious about uh, CCRCs and what they cover, I will give you a very reputable website and name for you to look up some objective information. Uh, it's called um, My Life Site, M I M Y, Life, L I F E, Site, S I T E dot julie is it org or net or i think it's net isn't it my life site my life site dot net the gentleman who wrote this book that i ordered off of his website is called brad breeding b-r-e-e-d-i-n-g and he does a really great job of writing articles and, and providing information about ccrcs and what they are and what, what they offer, and they're not for everyone. Somebody asked, what if I can't afford them? I will tell you that every single client that we have helped move, and there's been hundreds, to a CCRC takes their home equity and reinvests it in the CCRC. It's like, a, it's like for them, it's like an investment. I take the money out of my home and I put it in my next home. So that's that. Um, okay. And so in your, on your evaluation form, when you fill it out, um, there's a lot of different check boxes. I want you to make sure that on the back that you notice that if you're sitting here and you're going, oh, I'm now more confused than ever, I apologize, first of all. Second of all, that's why we're doing these, what we call labs. So we came up with some terms that, that you're gonna wanna know. So we have labs and workshops and field trips. You know how college, right? You take a science class in college and then you need to actually get your hands dirty to learn how to actually do it. That's what a lab is, right? So what we're doing is these are considered labs or field trips. You're gonna go to the community and actually get hands on, look at their contract, look at the information, get all your questions answered. Workshops are longer periods of time. So like the Villages OKC does a workshop called The Gift 
where you fill out all the material that you would ever need to give somebody if they ever needed to care for you or you for you if you needed to care for them. So they're going to be doing that. That's a workshop. Sometimes there'll be fees for those and, and sometimes there won't. It just depends on who's doing it and what it involves. And then there's the field trips. Field trips are like the bus trip that we're doing on February 13th where you can get together with 20 people, get on a bus, and go tour two or three places uh, here in Oklahoma City. The goal isn't to explore necessarily that community specifically, but it's to understand we teach you how to tour a community so that you can go tour other communities as well. So it's an educational experience, not a, uh, not a cruise. It's not an excursion. <laughs> it's, a, it's an educational field trip, like a school field trip would be. So you, when you go to the zoo with your third grade class, it's not the same thing as when you go with your parents, right? Okay. So please make sure that you sign up for those. And some of the senior or some of the, uh, the sponsors have labs and workshops and stuff at their table. They have flyers for you to pick up. So if you want to go to them on your own, they may not be listed on the paper. But if you check those, somebody will confirm with you. Did you guys learn something today? Yeah? Yes, sir. So thank you for asking. Jim? We will, thank you for asking. Yeah, if you check that box, we will contact you and let you know you're confirmed. You guys know Naomi, she makes all these phone calls to you. We'll confirm it and then you'll get it in writing so that you know where to go and when to be there and all that stuff, okay? To, next month, February, the, the date is a Tuesday. It's not a Thursday. So for those of you who have, you know, the last several years in your head that we meet on Thursdays, it's on a Tuesday on the 25th here. So don't forget that. Um, am, am I missing anything? Jim back here uh, in purple, has, he will pick up the evals as you leave. So you can just hand them to him as you go out. You can put your little sticker on there if you want or fill it out. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I like this venue. What do you think? Yeah? Right? Good. Well, it's good because this is where we're going to be for the rest of the year. So I'm glad you like it. All right. We'll see you guys next month. Have a great day.